0: Welcome to the Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us in our series, Easter, The Jesus Way. Jesus is our ultimate example for how we should live our lives. In this series, we are looking at Jesus' ministry, from His calling to His victory over the grave. We are walking alongside His journey to the cross, to His death and burial, and then to His resurrection. Each week, we will be deep diving into chapters 15 through 21 of the Gospel of John, leading us all the way to celebrate Christ's victory over the grave on Easter Sunday. Now let's tune in.
1: Uh, Well, good morning, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family, and happy Easter. It is Easter, and I'm so grateful. It's Resurrection Day, and our lives have been forever changed, right? That's what Easter is all about, the day that changed the world, the day that changed history, and the day that changed all of us, and so... Big welcome to everybody here. Welcome to everybody online. Welcome to people in Overflow. So glad that you're here and that we could come and worship our great God together. And I love this time of year, right? We're coming out of winter and out of the darkness and the death. We're coming into the life and the light. And that's what Easter is for us, for every one of us. And we are so grateful and so thankful. We've been in this great series here at Rolling Hills called The Jesus Way. And we've been talking about that. Every time that we have a decision to make, we can either go the world's way Or we can go the Jesus way. And the world's way is counter to the Jesus way. But man, we all have the decision to make. And what decision will we make? How will we live our lives? Because it seems like everybody goes this way. But obviously, God has a bigger plan and a purpose for each one of us. And for us to trust him and to follow him. Now, I love Easter. I love, you know, being a dad. My kids get so excited still about Easter. It's fun. I remember being a kid, and, and it was great uh, being Easter. And and back then, right, we didn't have epic, you know, Easter egg hunts with helicopters coming over. <laughs> That's really cool, right? We didn't have that back in my day, right? But we but loved it. I mean, I loved being a kid. and It was just like, it was the contest, right? It was always a competition for me. Like, you know, how many eggs can I get? And can I get more? Can I get more? And I remember the first time I got a chocolate bunny, and, and I was so excited about that, and then I bit into it, and it was hollow. And I was like, I didn't know they were hollow. Like, what's going on? And, and there was all these things. I thought it was going to be solid chocolate, and I got so excited about that. and You know, Easter has Easter peeps and all this kind of stuff. Like, now they're in different flavors, peeps, you know, who you know. But, but all this thing that the world would go, that's it. That's Easter, right? It's all there, right? And as a kid, it was fun. And, you know, as a parent, it's fun to do those things. But even as a kid, even as a kid, I realized there's got to be more. And I remember being a kid, I couldn't wait to go on Sunday. I couldn't wait to be in church. And there was just something different. And the world always leaves us wanting more. The world always leaves us going, wait a minute, there's something that's not right. There's got to be more to this world. There's got to be more to my life. There's got to be more. And what you see at Easter is God says, yes, there is. Yes, there is. There is more. And it's Jesus. And he's come for you. Hey, if you have a Bible with you today, I invite you up with me to the Gospel of John. In our series, we've been walking through this Gospel of John. It's been so good, so deep, and so rich. And, and if you don't have a Bible, man, we've got some Bibles that are in the back. They're free. Every week we have people pick one up. That's great. Take it. It's free. It's our gift for you take it with you. Also, if you're online, you can, you know, look at the Rolling Hills app. We have the scripture there. In fact, if you don't have the Rolling Hills app, go ahead and download it. You can just pull it out, download it, because we have information about discipleship groups, and ways to get kids involved, and it's amazing. But we've been walking through John. We've been in John 15, where Jesus told him, remain in me. And we've been through Holy Week. And then we stopped last week in John 19. And John was written, the Gospel of John, by one of Jesus' disciples. He was an eyewitness, right? The Apostle John. He was there for it all. And we stopped last week in John 19 with Jesus dying on the cross, his body being taken down off of that cross, right? After the nails in his wrist and in his ankles, the spear in his side, his body's taken down and placed in a tomb. Joseph, Arimathea, Nicodemus, they placed him in a tomb and it seemed like that was it, right? I mean, what do you do now that Jesus is dead? And he's in the tomb. And you think about those disciples. I mean, they're perplexed. I mean, they've spent three years following Jesus, right? They thought Jesus is the Messiah. And now, what do you do with, with Jesus, who's dead there in John chapter 19? But the fact is, a lot of people live like they're still in John chapter 19. A lot of people live like Jesus is dead. A lot of people live, right, like Jesus is still on the cross. And if you're living like that, here's how you feel. You, you feel worn out all the time. You feel like unfulfilled. You feel like there's got to be more to life. This isn't all that there is, is it? You you feel like you're trapped, maybe trapped in a relationship or trapped in debt, and there's just no way out. You're thinking, what else is there? And God says, that's only John 19. That's only John 19. John 20 is still to come, and it's Easter Sunday, and there is John chapter 20, and that's what we're diving into today this is the more. Look at this. John chapter 20, verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. Okay, so Jesus on that Good Friday, his body's taken down off the cross, put into the tomb, right? They put a big stone in front of it, and basically the Romans put the seal on it that says, you move the stone, you die. And the Romans killed a lot of people. So nobody was going to move that stone, right? And they had Roman guards there, satirians that are stationed there at the tomb. So nobody could go Friday, Shabbat, Friday evening. It was, everything was dark. You Jews, you weren't around a dead body. So Saturday, Jesus is in the tomb the whole day. Nobody could come. Nobody could be there. So early on the first day of the week, here come the women. I'm just so thankful for the faithfulness of women that you see throughout scriptures. And so Mary Magdalene, the women, they're coming there. They were the ones that were at the cross. Now they're going to anoint Jesus' body. And they get there and the stone's been rolled away. And so she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. That's John. That's how he kind of refers to himself. I'm the disciple Jesus loved. It's not like, you know, hey, I'm braggadocious, right? He's just like, no, he, he really did. He liked me. It was great. And so that's good for your self-esteem right there. And he's the disciple that Jesus loved. And she said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. I love that. See, these are real dudes, okay? These are like real guys. They're competitive, you know? And John's like, hey, I'm just gonna, you know, put this down just so everybody knows. Peter, you and I started off the same, but I dominated you. You're like, I got to that tomb first. You know, sometimes we think the disciples and the people in the Bible like walked on clouds and they didn't have any problems. They were people like us. They were people who were like us and they encountered Jesus and their lives were changed. But John's like, hey, I reached the tomb first. And I bent over and looked at the strips of linen lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight in the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went inside. And if you underline your Bible, look at this. He saw and believed. Oh, isn't that awesome? John's like, yes, I knew it. I knew there was more. He saw and believed. Now, they still did not understand from Scripture, right? The whole Old Testament was talking about this, that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. All right, I just wanna take you there to Israel just for a moment, right? We were there in October and we went to the garden tomb and the garden tomb is beautiful. And we go every two years, we do a biblical study tour to Israel. We'll go back in October of 24 if you wanna go and be a part of that. But you can go and you can kind of see this today. And we're not exactly sure if this is the exact tomb, but we know it's outside the city. A lot of people kind of go, this is it. But this is exactly what it would look like. And so his brand new tomb, you can see the alleyway where the stone would have been rolled and put in front of the entrance. Joseph of Arimathea was a wealthy guy. You know, there's a lot of wealthy people who were following Jesus, who were generous and who were kind. And so he takes Jesus and puts him in this brand new tomb, in this niche where Jesus' body would have been laid. And back then they had these family tombs, right? And so there were different spaces for all the family members there. But if you look, you could see that's where the body would have been laid right there. Now, you can see coming up that there was a cross. A cross that was painted in the 5th century. All right, so go back that far, right? 5th century cross that was painted by Christians. And it has the Greek letters on this. And it says, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. The beginning and the end. Isn't that amazing? Because over like 6,800 years, right? This this cross that Jesus is not here. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the one who created life. He is the one who conquered death. He is not here. So now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she bent over and looked in the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And they asked her, woman, why are you crying? Interesting question for a cemetery, but they've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. And at this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. So she's got all these tears. Jesus is in his resurrected body. And he asked her, woman, why are you crying? It's not the end. Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener. Okay, I got to stop right there just for a second because this is so good, right? If you go all the way back to the very beginning, Genesis, right, you go back and God created Genesis chapter one and two. God created the world and it was perfect. God created man and put man in a beautiful garden, right? The Garden of Eden. And they were in right relationship with God, right? And God walked with them. They were in right relationship with one another. They had this great marriage, the right relationship. They're in this beautiful garden. There's no allergies. It was awesome, right? I mean, all the animals got along. You know, I mean, everything was perfect, right? Until Genesis 3. And then man says, hey, we don't want to do it your way anymore, God. And sin enters in the world. But I love that she looks at Jesus and thinks he's the gardener. (laughs) He's making all things new. He's making it all right to the way it was supposed to be. I love that. She said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. Jesus called her by name. Do you know that Jesus knows your name? He knows your name. Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, (laughs) "Rabboni." Which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father. Whoa. Look at that. Jesus made a way to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Well, on the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked, for fear of the Jewish leaders. So that Easter Sunday, the disciples are gathered together. They're trying to figure out what's going on. The doors are locked. They're scared to death, right? The Romans are gonna come in and arrest them. The Jewish leaders are gonna have them crucified. And there they are, huddled together. And Jesus came and stood among them. Jesus walked right through the door, (laughs) resurrected body. And he just said this, peace be with you. Now, maybe you don't need to hear anything else today. But you just need to hear Jesus say to you, peace, peace. It's okay. I got it. I know what you're going through and I care about you. Peace be with you. After this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And that's the biggest understatement in the Bible right there, right? And these guys are like, he's here. He's alive. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Wow. This is a game changer. Jesus is not dead. Jesus is alive. This is the more to the story. And everything changes on resurrection day right here. Hey, if you're taking notes today, here's some things I'd love for you to write down. If you have a worship guide, if you're online, if there's just some blanks to fill in, and that just really helps you to remember and maybe write some things down, maybe some notes in the margin of what God's teaching us on this Easter Sunday. Look at this. Number one, the Jesus way means your sins are not final. Woo, that is good news right there, right? Your sins are not final. God made him who knew no sin. Jesus lived 33 sinless years on this earth. He was tempted in every way that we're tempted, right? But he said no, right? He lived a sinless life. And God made him who knew no sin to be sin. Like he took all of our sin. To be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Look, we have all sinned. It's probably not a news flash for any of us here. Okay, we're all like, I know, I get it, right? And you can pull up in your mind. You go, oh yeah, mm, shouldn't have said that this week. Shouldn't have thought that this week. Shouldn't have done that this week. Right? We're all aware, aware. We have all sinned. But look at this. The wages of sin is death. You've got a holy God and you got sinful man. Holy God, there is no sin at all in him. And now what do you do? We have sinned. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And now you've got this holy God and sinful man and there's a separation. So what happens? This. Substitutionary atonement. I know, big theological word. But man, it has a lot of incredible meaning right there substitutionary, somebody took our place, right? This means Jesus took our place. Jesus pays our price. Atonement, at one That he brings us to God, to his God and our God. To his Father and your Father. He makes it right. He makes it right. He brings us back into relationship. The wages of sin is death, and so Jesus died on the cross he paid the price. Now, so often, we think the world's way, right? We can fix ourselves. All I have to do is be good. And if, I, if I'm good enough, maybe God will accept me. But the problem is, Billy Graham never thought he was good enough. Mother Teresa never thought she was good enough. You are know, like, well, that's pretty high standard there, you know. See, we have to be perfect. We have to be perfect. It's like trying to jump over the Grand Canyon. You know, I don't, I don't care if you make it five feet or six feet. I don't care if you bring the you know, U.S. Olympic star in. You know, you're not making it, right? We can't make it. So Jesus paid it for us. Jesus did it for us. Praise be to God for that truth. See, the world wants to define you by your sin. The world wants to remind you every time you get serious about God, well, you know what you did. That scarlet letter, right? You made mistakes. You're on the outside looking in and God wants to define you by grace. (laughs) By grace. You are saved you become the righteousness of God. I don't know if you guys know, there's a a little golf tournament that's happening down in Georgia uh, today. It's happening, I don't know if you've heard about it, haven't been on the media much, but it's happening down there. But here's the thing, they don't do that at the Masters, but if you're playing golf with your buddies, there's a really cool thing called a mulligan. It's like the greatest thing ever. And the mulligan is this, if you hit a shot and it's a terrible shot, and your buddy goes, hey, take a mully, and they throw you a ball, And you get a do-over. I mean, it's incredible. You just get to hit. It's like the other one didn't happen. Now, there's still consequences, right? You hit the first ball in the water. You lose the Pro-V. That's like $5. You're like, oh no, that's a bummer. You maybe hit your buddy. He's mad. There's still consequences. But you learn from that first shot and you hit another shot. And it's like, wow. And here's the thing about God. God is the God of second chances. God is a God of third chances. God is a God of four chances. And maybe you feel like, man, I've done something so bad that God won't accept me. No, 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 no. That's the world talking. The Jesus way is you're forgiven and you become the righteousness of God. That when God looks at you, he doesn't replay all of your sins. He looks at you and he sees Jesus. He sees Jesus and you are forgiven and you're redeemed. Oh, praise be to God. All right, look at this. The Jesus way means you matter to God. You matter to God. For God so loved, that's who God is. He loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever, right, regardless of race, regardless of gender, regardless of socioeconomic status, regardless of anything, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God loves you. Guys, that is big. And if you could get that, John got that, right? I'm the disciple Jesus loved. It changes everything. See, a lot of people grew up in a faith tradition where you thought God was always mad at you. You just thought that. You felt guilty when you went to church. You know, you just felt like, man, you carry this weight, this burden around. You felt like if your car didn't start, God was punishing you. You're like, yep, I know it. I did it. Yep, that's why my car didn't start. That's why bad things are happening. You just always thought that. And that's not true. Our God is a God of love. Our God is a God of grace. Now, because of sin, we live in a broken world, right? Genesis 1, 2, everything was right. Genesis 3, God, we don't want to do it your way. We're going to eat from that tree. We're going to do whatever we want to do. It's my way. I don't need you, God, in my life. And boy, we've done that before, haven't we? And when we do that, we see the consequences that unfold. We also knew this, hurt people hurt people. And when we're not at peace with ourselves, we can hurt people around us, right? Right? We could say things in anger. We could say things in frustration and we go, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. I love you. It's that sin. We see it every day in the world too. We see that evil we're just like, oh, brokenhearted because hurt people hurt people. And yet, even in our mess, Jesus makes a way for us. Even in our mess, even in our brokenness, what happened? Jesus came to Mary. Mary. Jesus came, right, to the disciples, Jesus came to every one of them. Listen, in the midst of their fear, in the midst of their worry, Jesus comes to us. And I want to tell you this that's what Easter is all about. That Jesus has come to you today. Don't define yourself by your brokenness. Don't define yourself by your past. You define yourself in Christ. You define yourself by who He says you are. And you are loved. Look at this the Jesus way. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, the world's gonna say, it doesn't matter what you believe. You can do whatever you wanna do. It doesn't matter, there's no consequences, there's nothing, and Jesus is going, no, 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 no. You come to the Father through me. Every other major world religion except Christianity is about man trying to get to God. If I can do enough good things, maybe God will accept me. But Christianity is God coming to us. God coming to you. And inviting you into that relationship. John 3 17 says, For God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's why he came, to save you, to redeem you. The Jesus way means that you can have life to the full. Oh, you can have life to the full. Listen, Jesus said, The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. The thief, that's Satan, that's our enemy, right? That's what he wants to do. He wants to come to steal your joy. He wants to kill your relationships. He wants to destroy your life. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That you can have your best life. That's what happens in Christ. Before the resurrection, the disciples lived in fear. Right? They're all locked in the room. They're afraid. They're scared to death. But what happened after the resurrection? These guys become bold. Bold. I mean, you talk about bold. I mean, they stand up there and they start preaching and talking about Jesus. The church starts to grow. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, people are coming to know Christ. I mean, these guys get bold. They're generous. They're serving. They're kind. And just something came alive. What changed? The resurrection. And Jesus gives his disciples the Holy Spirit. Do you realize when you accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, right as God draws you to his heart and you become a Christ follower, God places his Holy Spirit in you. And God's Holy Spirit is in you. And the Holy Spirit means that you have the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Against such things there's no law, it says in Galatians chapter 5. That you have the love and the joy in your heart. Now we can live the world's way and we can stay in that fear. We can stay in that worry and that, all that stress. We can, we can stay there or we can start to go, wait a minute my God is greater. My God has got this. And I'm going to hold on to him. See, followers of Jesus learn to live by faith. And it's a process, right? Because we got the world bombarding us all the time. But as you grow in your faith, as you follow Jesus, as you are sanctified, that's that word, right, of becoming more like Jesus, man, you begin to live by faith. You begin to love. You begin to be joyful. You begin to bless others around you, not always having to be in competition with everybody around you, right? You can rejoice when good things happen in other people's life instead of going, well, why didn't that happen to me? You know, you go, wait a minute, God's got a plan for me. God's got a purpose for me. I'm gonna hold on to him. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And it's so true, Right? Your kids may start going to a new school. You didn't even know that school existed. Now all of a sudden you're repping that school all the time, man. You got the shirt, you got the hat. They go to college there. Do you go to the bookstore and buy it out? You know, because you're like, no, I got my treasure there, right? Your heart's there too. You know, somebody tips you off to a stock and they're like, this thing's really going to go. And you're like, okay, never heard of this company before. Didn't know what crypto was, right? But you know, know, all of a sudden you're like following it all the time. And you're like, whoa, hey, look at this. I made a lot of money. Oh no, I'm broke. You know, you're like up and down and up and down. And you know, that's the thing. Why? Because you put your treasure there. But if you put your treasure in Jesus, you put your hope in the Lord, You trust him, all of a sudden it says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And every day, man, whether you're praying, you're reading God's word, whether you're with your family, you're like, There's joy. God's with me, God's for me. Changes everything in you. Look, the Jesus way means this life is not the end. The Jesus way means this life is not the end. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Here's what it comes down to. Do you believe this? Jesus conquered death. Death, the big bully on the block, right? For which everybody was afraid all throughout history, right? It's death. Death's the end. It's over. And Jesus comes along and conquers death. Jesus conquers death. You know, you can go to the tomb of every major world religion leader. You can go to all these different tombs and their bodies are still there. But you go to the garden tomb, it's empty. Jesus conquered death and made a way for us, right? For those who have salvation through Jesus, death is simply a gateway from life to life. The best life is still to come. The best life. Guys, I've stood in the hospital room with lots of people. Lots of families. And I gotta tell you, there is a big difference between people who have faith in Christ and people who don't. And I've stood there and people who have faith in Christ and man, they're there and they're dying but yet there's this hope. There's like, oh, it's okay. There's a peace. It just passes understanding. And the family's there and they're grieving but they're also going, oh wow, you know, grandma, she was awesome. She walked with the Lord. And it's almost a celebration. And you see that and they'll just tell you, oh, I see this bright light. There's warmth. It's going to be okay. And you're just like, wow. But then you're in the hospital room with people who don't know the Lord, and you're like, whoa. I mean, you talk about fear. You talk about being scared. You talk about like the whole family's just grieving and sobbing. And you're going, man, my heart breaks. Oh, I want you to know Jesus. Because when you know Jesus, this life is not all that there is. Heaven awaits. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And heaven is going to be more wonderful than you can even imagine. Uh, If you read the book of Revelation, you just start piecing it together. Heaven is incredible. I mean, think about this. No more pain. No more suffering. No more death. No more decay. It's the garden made right. Us with God forever. We don't sit up there and just play a harp all day. That's what I used to think when I was a kid. I was like, that's gonna be boring, right? No, 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 no. We have jobs to do. Just think about being fully alive. Think about using all the gifts God's given you. Think about having time to be with all the people that you love. Think about meeting people throughout history and every tongue and every tribe. Think about the worship. It's going to be incredible. And so this is just simply a gateway, and Jesus wants us to know that. See, the best is still to come for all Christ's followers. The best is still to come in this life and in the life to come. One of my favorite authors is a guy named C.S. Lewis. I don't know if you've read much by C.S. Lewis. Incredible. I mean, just incredible. But he wrote his autobiography, and he talked about his conversion experience. And in his autobiography, he talks about this, that he was an atheist. He was an atheist. Didn't believe in God, right? Totally didn't believe that there was a God. He was a brilliant God, brilliant intellectual, teaching at Oxford, at Cambridge, and, and just so smart. But he said, like, I went the way of the world. I thought it was about money and success, and here I was. But he said, then I started to notice everywhere around me, it was like God was trying to get my attention. I started thinking about creation and like, how did that happen, right? And how did my body happen? How did all these things happen? He said, everywhere I went, it was like Bibles were open. I'm like, what's going on? You know, people are inviting me to church. And I'm like, well, what's happening here? And finally, in 1931, he had a conversation with a guy, J.R. Tolkien. He may know Lord of the Rings. He's a smart guy too, right? And so they're having this conversation, another guy, Hugo Dyson. And he said, it was in that conversation, in that moment that I realized it's Jesus. It's Jesus. And I committed my life to Christ right there in 1931. C.S. Lewis goes on to write the Chronicles of Narnia, right? The Mere Christianity, screw Tape Letters. But his autobiography, he entitled it, Surprised by Joy. He said, I had no clue that being a Christian meant joy. I had no clue what God was going to do in my life. I had no clue what awaited for me. He said, I wish I would have known earlier. I wish I would have just lived it earlier. See, for all of us, right, for all of us, we got a decision to make. Are going to live the way of the world? Are going to live the way of God? And knowing that's not the end of the story, that maybe what we could see in this earth and we think, oh, man, look how terrible it is. But yet we know that God is still at work, and I want to trust him. I'm going to fall in love with him. You know, two weeks ago, um, our whole world were rocked with the shooting that took place at Covenant School. I was still heartbroken uh, by everything that happened. We have families in our church with kids there. We have teachers there. We have so many people connected there. But also what I've heard since These incredible teachers, these incredible police officers, the the boldness, people there, everybody jumping in, serving, coming together as a city, as a community. I want you to hear from the police chief, John Drake, and I want you to hear what he said out of this. So watch this.
0: And what I've learned in this is I've renewed my faith because as I sat in a church Saturday and I watched students from Covenant School take flowers down to the altar and literally I'm in tears. And
1: the other first responders, police officers, firefighters were in tears. And I look at these kids and they look at us and they say, thank you for your service. And they believe that their classmate is going to heaven, that they're in a better place. They're not hurting. The ones that was hurting the most
0: was us. And so I want to thank Covenant School for instilling that in them and for teaching them That's there's maybe something better than not hurting anymore.
1: And to hear him say that, isn't that amazing? <laughs> Out of this horrific tragedy, God's at work. I've renewed my faith. I've renewed my faith in seeing these students and the way that they live. And I want to tell you, I believe revival is coming to our land, you guys. I believe that God's doing a bigger work here in this country, in this world than we could ever imagine. And as Christ followers, this is our time. This is our time to hold on to him. This is our time to point others to him. This is our time to live out our faith for the glory of God. We don't know how long we have on this earth, but let's make the most of it. Let's make the most of it. See, the Jesus way means this. It means that it's not all about you. And so often we carry everything in the world on our shoulders, we feel weighed down, we feel exhausted, we feel tired because we feel like we've got to be the savior of the world. We don't have to. That's Jesus' job. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Guys, God has a purpose for your life. God has a purpose for your life. You still have breath in your lungs for a reason because God's not finished with you. God put you in the family you're in for a reason, for a purpose, to love and to nurture and to raise them up in the Lord. God put you where you are for a reason. God put you in this church for a reason. God has a purpose for you. And when you and I begin to get that and live that, it changes everything. And we can go along with the world and think it's all about the things right here, right now. But when we begin to lift our eyes and put our eyes on Jesus, everything changes. There's joy and this peace and this purpose. See, Easter is not just about Jesus coming alive, but about you coming alive as well. That your faith is renewed. That your life is changed. That the gospel, God restores to you that joy of your salvation. That you go, thank you, God. Thank you, Father, that you love me enough to send your son. That you love me enough to say my life matters. Guys, As we live for Jesus, we can experience all the joy, the peace, and the hope He has for us. So why not today? Why not today? Let's come alive. Why not today say, I'm going to put a stake in the ground, Easter 2023, the day that God resurrected me and changed me. You know, here's the deal. One day we're all going to stand before God, every single one of us. And whether we have a few years on this earth, we have a lot of years. One day, every one of us is gonna stand before God and he's gonna ask us two questions. One, he's gonna say this. God's gonna say, what did you do with my son, Jesus? Was there ever a time that you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? It's like C.S. Lewis. All of a sudden, you start looking around going, well, people have been inviting me to church. I've been seeing Bibles. I mean, what, what's going on? God's trying to get your attention. Is there a time that you've committed, said, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Forgive my sins. I'm yours. The second question he's gonna ask is, What did you do with what you were given? Did you just live for yourself? Did you try to build your own kingdom and just live for the things of this world? Or did you live the Jesus way? Did you go, you know what, I want to be generous. I want to be kind. I want to bless others. I want to love others. God, use me. I'm not perfect, but I'm yours. And I'm redeemed and I'm restored. Are you living that way? That's what God wants for each of us. I love what it says here in 1 Corinthians God is with you and God is for you so this Easter this Easter how will you respond to Jesus just like Jesus came to Mary just like he came to the disciples he comes to you today how do you respond how do you respond do you know that because of Jesus miracles still happen the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that is alive in you The same power that can raise a dead dream, the same power that can raise a dead marriage, the same power that can raise dead relationships, the same power that can raise a dead life is the same power that God has brought to you today. How do you respond to him? I wanna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. Just you and God. Just kind of block everybody else out just for a second. Just you and the Lord. What's God saying to you? Maybe you just hear right now, God call your name. Just hear God say your name. Maybe you just want to hear God say, I love you. I love you so much that I sent my son for you. Maybe today is a day of salvation for you. Just like C.S. Lewis on that conversion experience. You just say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Forgive my sins. Redeem me, restore me. And maybe for you, God's calling you to be baptized or put a stake in the ground. Make it public. Maybe for you, you've drifted from God. You just feel like in your life, you've, you've run after the world. And today, God's renewing your faith. Today, God's restoring that joy of your salvation. Maybe today God's calling you to live a life of love and a life of grace. So, Father, here we are, Easter 2023. I pray it will be our best day because it's resurrection day and you are here. Let us grow in you. Let us respond to you. Let us live our lives for you. In the beautiful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Wow. Church, praise God for Easter. I wanna ask you to do one more thing today. On that worship guide, there's a connection card. And if you're a first-time guest, you fill out that front. But on the back, I wanna ask everybody if you you would just take a moment and do this. Just mark A, B, C, or D. Just spiritually, where are you? Right, you know, you go for an annual checkup physically to see where you are, you go meet with a financial advisor maybe once a year to kinda see where you are financially. But, But spiritually, make this a time where you go, hey, maybe today, A, I'm accepting Jesus. That's it, today, I'm making a commitment. Or maybe B, I want to be baptized. I'm just going to mark it right here. You know, and somebody call me. Somebody hold me accountable. I'm ready to do it. Or maybe C, I'm committed, man. I want to live my life for Jesus the rest of my days for the glory of God. Or maybe D, I don't know. But I want to talk with somebody. This is way too important. Just leave it a chance. (laughs) I want to talk with the pastor. Maybe you have a prayer request today. You could fill that in. In just a moment, the ushers will come by. Maybe you have a chance for us to give back. If you're online, you can go in the chat room. We'd love to pray with you, pray for you. But this is our time to respond back to God. Our worship team is going to come and lead us in a response, just a chance to worship, a chance to say thank you. But would you mark this? Would you say, God, here's how I'm responding to you today.
0: Thank you for listening to the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast. Share this episode with someone in your life. Make sure you subscribe to be notified so you never miss a sermon. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. The Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast is a part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcast. Thanks for tuning in!